What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And, of course, I am Johnny. And I'm Randy. And we finally figured out how to get this microphone to work for Randy. Yeah, it's 15 feet away from my face. (laughs) So, like any other episode, it's been all up in my grill. And now you got it across the street, and it's picking up just fine. Yeah, so, hey, makes no sense. It's what we get for having a little $15. This is what happens when your wives go to yard sales and find dollar and a half microphones. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, at least they thought about us, though. Ain't that right? Yeah. My wife probably had a coupon. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) At the flea market. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) But anyway, this episode is coming out. It's Friday. It's the 24th. And it is the 40th anniversary of... Of John Carpenter's The Thing. Like to the day? I don't know. Uh, I don't. It came out in June. June 25th. Are you kidding? It'd be Saturday. So actually, Saturday is 40 years. It was meant to be. Yes. But I'm super excited because I really like this film. And Randy, you had never seen this film until now. Nope. But once again, to me, it just shows why John Carpenter is one of the best horror directors period but there could be difference of opinions we ain't gonna know just yet (laughs) but you was kind of surprised with the cast like i was man there was a lot of people in it that i didn't realize i mean you had kurt russell Mm -hmm. you had um um the diabetes guy uh wilford brimley Mm -hmm. keith david uh tk carter you had richard masser those are the ones that I know off the top of my head from other movies. Right, so. right. I mean, and Richard Master was, uh, uh, was it Stuart? Stu? On It? The original It? Uh, what was his name on that movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't Stu. It was... 
Stan. Yeah, because his head was in the refrigerator. Yeah. Stan. Yes. Yeah. And he also, he also played the uncle <clears throat> on my girl. Shut up. Don't you mm. hate on my movie? Okay. You can't see without his glasses. Oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> nah. We all have our little uh, movies that touch our hearts. Yeah. So. That's one of mine. I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that movie. <laughs> Seiko was even worse. Almost, look, I can't, I can't do this with you no more. <clears throat> but anyway, um, but no, I just thought it'd be fitting, like I said, with this being the 40th anniversary that we actually do the thing. Um, without giving reviews, I don't want to know if you liked it or not, but was it anything that you expected it to be? No. Was it not? Mm-mm. Which I had never seen it before. I've heard of it. Obviously, I've seen the cover. The, yeah. The DVD cover, the movie cover, whatever you want to call it. I have seen that. I didn't even know Kurt Russell was in it. Oh, really? Like, I had no idea. Until, you know, we were talking about doing it originally, and then you showed me the figure that you got. And that's the only way I knew Kurt Russell was actually in the movie. Oh, really? We started looking up the cast and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. I've heard of it, but never seen it. Well, the original one, I believe, came out in 1951. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the one that John Carpenter played in the 1978 Halloween. You know, when little Annie and Tommy mm-hmm. was... Or not Annie. Little uh, Tommy and... Man, what was the girl's name? Uh, I don't remember. Holy she was babysitting. Well, it was a little girl that was being babysitted. Yeah. Man, what was her name? I can't believe... Uh, I gotta look it up now. I'm wow, sure your favorite movie. I know, and, I, and, and, and it just went away, dude. Lindsay, but yeah, Lindsay and Tommy was watching the thing. Like I said, and then all those years later, John Carpenter redid it. So. I wonder if the original is anything like this. I don't know. Maybe we need to do that one. Eventually, we got a lot we we want to do. Oh yeah. So, I want to do Nosferatu. Yeah, I do too. I really did. I watched that the other day, as a matter of fact. On did the, you really? Yes, I did on the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. Every Friday, catch him on Shutter. <laughs> man, that, that just... It, Were you trying to catch a sponsorship? Dude, Joe Bob is the man. He is the freaking man. I met him back in April. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. You showed us a picture. Yeah. Dude's like nine foot tall. He was, dude. He stood up and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> but... I'm telling you, if you would just sit down and watch The Last Drive-In, man, you'd get educated. Now, I've sat, you know, with you in the living room before while you were watching it, and then, like, I'm like, oh, we're watching a movie. So I'm sitting there watching a movie, and all of a sudden, this, this dude pops up in a lawn chair in front of a trailer. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And it, it is kind of cool, just from that one, and I actually think it was the stuff that you were watching. Yes, it was. And uh, <clears throat> and he'd come up, and he'd tell you some background on it and everything. I was like, oh, that, that's kind of cool. It kind of reminded me of like pop-up videos on VH1. Yep. When we were kids. Pop-up videos. Do, 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 do. Yep. That's that, That's what it reminded me of. Pop-up videos with movies. So, <clears throat> um, with that being said, do you want to read the summary? Yeah, it's like one sentence unless you want this, uh, no, I don't, man, this novel right here. Nah, just do what you gotta do, man. So, a research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. That, that is pretty good. I mean, that's I mean that's pretty straightforward. Pretty good synopsis. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to stick with what we normally do about as far as going through the movie. But really, uh, it would be hard to go scene by scene on this one. Yes. Because 
it's not. I mean, there are like certain scenes that really stick out, but the majority of the movie is them just trying to figure out where this thing right is or who this thing is. So pretty much, what I'm gonna do is give you the guidelines of hey, what part we're at, yeah, and then we can kind of discuss it. But um, the thing starts off. Oh well, do we want to do the cast? Yeah, you got it. Well, come out. It's a uh, horror sci-fi film. It's an hour and forty-nine minutes, and it didn't seem like that. To me, it felt every bit of it. Did it really? Yeah, for me, this was a slow burn. Really? Yeah. See, well, I don't know, man. I Well, we'll get back in Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Maybe we'll finally have an argument. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it's rated R, and it's an, it come out in 1982. And it's starring uh, Kurt Russell, uh, Wilford uh, Brimley, Keith David, T.K. Carter, Richard Masser, Masser David uh, Clennon, and that's the way. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Richard Dassert. Dassert. He played Doctor Copper. Uh, Donald uh, Moffat. 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 He played Gary. You know, like Miss Moffat off of uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Moffat. Remember? No. Are you kidding me? No, I don't remember that. Unbelievable. Anyway. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> and then we got uh, Peter uh, Maloney. He Maloney? Put, Maloney. I guess it is Maloney. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I thought you... I, I was like, Maloney? <laughs> no. He uh, plays uh, Bennings in it. And let's see. We got Charles... Hallahan. As Vance. We've got Thomas G. Waits as Windows. And Joe Polis. Polis. As that dude's name kills me, he calls him. Uh, what did he call him? Fouch? No, Fuch. Fuch. I don't know. I can't. Remember. I don't know. I gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah, Cause, yeah. Cause if you try to sound that out, boy, <laughs> I know. But anyway, that's the cast, and of course, uh, it was directed by the one and only John Carpenter. So the all right film director. Uh, no, I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Screenplay was by Bill Lancaster. So, we'll get into the film. Uh, as the credits are fixed, start rolling. We see a flying saucer. and Straight UFO. Yes. It's going straight toward Earth. And all of a sudden, as it disappears, I love the way <clears throat> this happens. It fades into black. And all of a sudden, like it looks like... The TV screen is cracking, and blue light is shining. Yeah, it's almost like the UFO exploded. Yeah. Yeah. And it reveals the words, the thing. I like that. I dig that. <clears throat> and when the film starts rock and rolling, uh, we see that it's Antarctica, and it's the <clears throat> winter of 1982. And all we see is this helicopter chasing this dog. And right off the bat, we don't know what's going on. When I first seen the film, I thought the dog was leading them somewhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this dude gets this little rifle, and he's sitting on the edge of the helicopter, and he just starts shooting at this dog. This dude had the worst <laughs> aim I've ever seen on anybody. Look, I know the man was hanging out of a helicopter, but he didn't even try to pop prop his gun up. He had a scope, yeah, on this rifle. And yeah, still couldn't hit this dog. At one point, they were directly over the dog, and he still couldn't hit it. So right off the bat, you're already like, okay, what's the deal with the dog, you know? Yeah. And 
we see a sign that says United States uh, National Science Institute Station 4. And the dog's heading right that way. And we see a bunch of guys playing ping pong. Well, then we see a... I was going to say a laptop, but it's not a laptop. It's a computer. And it says... Uh, I think it says Chess Master? Something like that, yeah. It's the old chess game. And uh, when you <clears throat> introduce to Kurt Russell's uh, character, Mac, he's playing... I guess against a computer, mm-hmm. and they're playing chess. And it's funny because he, you know, he's like, "Yeah, I got you," you know. And he, mm-hmm. he does his move. Well, next thing you know, the computer does her move, and she's like, "You lose." And he's like, "Cheating, b i t c h." <laughs> and he's drinking Jim Bean, and he grabs his uh, glass, and he just chunks it on the computer and just destroys it. Wasted a good glass of bourbon. <laughs> but <laughs> it came because he it just wait. He said it's so, so serious. Cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, so uh, we kind of find out that this Norwegian, they're Norwegian people, mm-hmm. this guy that's shooting at this dog actually takes a grenade and tries to drop it and gets nowhere near the dog. He threw that thing like 50 feet away from the dog. Yeah. And <clears throat> uh, all the guys run out of uh, that station four. And like I said, now these are, going, these are the main characters of the movie. And they're like, what is going on? Well, the dog runs up. Uh, to George and like George is petting it but you, so you can tell that the dog knows who they are mm-hmm. and uh, out of nowhere they part the Norwegians they, they park or they park they <laughs> land the helicopter get out and they're just like screw it they're yelling but they're speaking some you know their language mm-hmm. finally he just grabs his rifle and he shoots at <clears> the dog <throat> but he ends up uh, shooting George in the leg he runs up he <laughs> One of the guys, uh, there's two of them. One of the guys undoes a uh, the pin from the grenade and goes to throw it, but when he like throws it back over his head, he drops it behind him, and the dude like jumps down and starts digging for it. Like you seen how how, how how deep do you think that snow was? Oh, it was good two foot. Well, he's digging. I mean, for just it. from where he was digging, it probably went a whole lot deeper than that. But it's like, I mean, it's Antarctica, so there's ice and then there's packed in snow and stuff like that. So right. Well, it killed me because he starts digging for it, and all of a sudden, boom! It just blows him up, blows the helicopter up, and uh, finally, the Norwegian dude, he's running after the dog. The dog actually runs off inside, and Gary, the older man, he comes out and just caps that Norwegian, and he shoots it right in the freaking eyeball. Yeah, he had the, the snow blindness goggles on, so it was just like goggles with a little bitty slit that just yeah. lets just enough light in. He shot him right through the eye. Yeah, good shot. Yeah, it was. We were introduced to now uh, Dr. Uh, Culper, and he's sewing up George's leg, and it's funny because George is like, ow, ow, and he's like, he's like, come on, George. He goes, it's only four stitches. It barely grazed you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, man up. You know, what I'm he didn't yeah. say man up, but, you know, he's just like, come on, dude. Yeah. And uh, Mac and Dr. Culper and Gary, they decide that they're going to go find out what happened, like why these Norwegian dudes were just flipping out so they get in max uh helicopter and they fly to their station and it's funny because the, the whole time the dog is watching from underneath the table it's a i think it's a ping pong table mm-hmm. but you can only tell just the way the dog's acting that something ain't right and it's funny uh we get introduced <clears throat> to a character named Nalls, and he's in there cooking and all of a sudden george the guy that got shot well he got grazed you hear him on the intercom. He's like, "Will you turn down uh, that music? 
I got shot today. That's all he said. <laughs> and Nas is like, yeah, no problem. He walks over there and he acts like he's going to turn the radio down and he just keeps on going. Yeah, you know? and he's just rolling around on his roller skates too. Yeah. All th- all around the kitchen. Uh, well, it shows a quick <clears throat> clip of the dog and I thought he went into the room. But like it shows, you can hear the music playing and all of a sudden you see the dog walking down the hallway. And I thought he walked into this guy's room, but I don't know if he did or not. But you see the guy's silhouette, the shadow, mm-hmm. and he turns and looks. You don't know who it is, but I thought the dog went into the guy's room. Oh, he did. He walked in the room. Did he? Yeah, the dog walked into the room, but it doesn't show. Doesn't Never. show what happened. Doesn't show who it was. Okay. They I, they give you a. Uh, they they try to make you believe who it was, mm-hmm. but ends up not being true. Well, uh, the guys finally show up at the Norwegian station. And the whole place is destroyed, is demolished. To me, as soon as I'd have landed, I'd have been like, okay. Let's go. Yep. This ain't right. Don't want no part of it. And uh, they're sitting there looking around. And like I said, I mean, you could tell that they were fighting something. Mm -hmm. Because there's things on fire. There's explosions. Well, the doctor and Mac, they end up. And I thought this right here is what kicked it off for me. When they find that body. The dude committed suicide, I'm guessing. He had uh, both of his wrists slit, and his now his freaking throat was cut, gashed. But it, yeah, it was like if he'd have went a little bit more, he'd cut his own head off. Oh, he was pretty close. But I love the effect that he's laying in, or he's sitting up in that chair, but his arms are down to his side, and his neck is thrown back, and the blood is frozen, frozen from his wrist touching the ground. That, for me, that was probably the second best effects of this whole movie. Really? Yeah. Because I, it just looked great. Like, you could tell... I mean, Antarctica's cold. Yeah. So it, would have take, it wouldn't have taken very long for him to start freezing stiff, but for them to show the flow of the blood after he, you know, cut his wrist, that, yeah, that was... that was. It even showed the uh, straight razor in his hand. Oh, stiff, it did show the razor. Yeah, yeah, the, okay. the, yeah, it was frozen in his hand. Uh... Well, then, as, uh, as the doc's checking him out, Mac goes into this other room, and he's like, he's like, hey, doc, come here. And they find this big, huge block of ice. Mm-hmm. And... Encino Man. Yeah. <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. Don't tell me what it feels like to be punched. I knew you were going to do that. I got to. <laughs> but, uh... Justice for Johnny. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> got you. Oh, oh, oh. But anyway, um, now that block of ice, did it look like, so what did they say, something came out of it, or they said it's... Well, you find out a little bit later on, whenever they, um, uh, spoiler alert, when they find the UFO that they had been digging up, and then they go out a little bit ways, and they find that big old block, uh, like that big hole, that square hole, that rectangular hole yeah. in the ground. So obviously they found something frozen, they chiseled around it, and lifted that block up and took it. Mm. So, you know how when they went down on top of the UFO and then went away, yeah. and they showed, um, I don't remember, I think it was Windows, but I don't remember. They showed him off to the side, and they showed that big rectangular hole. Yeah. It was the same thing. So, yeah. they obviously just picked that up and took it to wherever they that was. Gotcha. Yeah. And well, when they see that, they <clears> see <throat> the big block of ice, they're like, they dug deep. You know, they know that yeah. the Norwegians got something in there. Uh well, then they find a body outside that has been burned. And I love the shot because you don't... The camera shots in this film I love. Uh, you don't exactly see the body, mm-hmm. but like the camera is sitting right next to it. And you can tell that it's deformed. And you can tell that it has some human 
mm-hmm. characteristics. Yes. But it it looks human, but then from the camera angle, you can't really tell how human. Right. You know. Uh, well, anyway, the Doctor and Mac, they end up taking a body back to the station, their station, which I would have done BS on that. Yeah. And they they tell Blair we get which he's the uh, diabetes guy. Diabetes. They tell him to start an autopsy on the body, and we see that like the body has like two heads, like it looks like they were almost like being Mel- stretched. Yeah, so, like melded together. Yeah. Almost. Uh. Anyway, so Blair, which like I said, he's doing the autopsy as he's cutting them and he's pulling all the intestines out in the heart he's like i don't understand he's like everything seems to be normal he's like the heart's good liver's good i mean all this stuff's good you know pulls out the intestines and everything yeah uh let's see i wrote down about the part where palmer and child is in there watching the vhs yeah they're watching uh like the price is right or something yeah and he's like and but it's funny because he's like uh, palmer's like Ah, he goes, I already know how this ends. And he just cuts it off and lights up a doobie. Yeah, big one too. But the only reason I wrote it down because I was like, hey, I remember those VHS players like that. Yeah, where you had to put it in over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just think it was kind of funny because he sit there, sat down, played another one, and started to light his joint. And then Childs is just laying down watching TV and he just extends his arm out. He's like, give me some. Yeah, he never even looked at it. Never him. looked at him one time. So now we, we get introduced to a guy named Clark and he's putting... Uh, the dog into the dog's uh, pen with the other dogs. And I really thought they would give the dogs names. You know? I, I Like that dog particularly. Yeah. It, it was one of those things like I don't think they necessarily knew that dog. Yeah. Because I think that probably belonged to the Norwegian people. But at the same time it, it they used dogs as almost like modes of transportation like dog sled and all this kind right. of stuff. So they were just there to I, they were tools. I guess. This this was like 1980-something. Yeah. I know this was in the 70s. No, this is 82. Well, this took place in the 70s. No, didn't it didn't. It said 82. I thought it said 70-something. Nope. Well, anyway, 82. I mean, still, Pay attention. Shut your face. <laughs> still, it was like 40 years ago. Well, <laughs> I mean. You so wouldn't have known that if it was. I mean, you know, <laughs> but like 40 years ago, so, you know, they don't they didn't think necessarily animals like we do today. Welcome, everyone, to Learning Time with Randy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Reading <laughs> Rainbow. <sighs> Shut up. Anyway. Anyway. <sighs> so. Got you. I know. I stopped it real quick. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, everybody's like, what is going on? These two are freaks. But uh, Clark's putting the dog up with the other dogs, and the dog was actually trained pretty good in this movie, like the way he acted. Yeah. Or she, I don't know if I don't know if it was boy. Well, or girl. even the scene where it was walking down the hallway, it went into the other room. Mm. It went to walk into another room and then diverted attention and started walking. I mean, yeah, they did a really good job with the dog. But the dog lays down, and all of a sudden, you can see the other dogs getting uncomfortable. Well, Clark locks it or shuts <clears> the <throat> pen. He just walks off, turns the light off. And right here, when I remember when the first time I ever seen this movie, when this part happened, I was like, "Holy crap!" Mm-hmm. This dog starts like. Blood's coming from his mouth, and all of a sudden, and like all the other dogs are flipping out. One dog is tearing at the daggum steel frame cage, trying to get out. Trying to get out. Well, the dog gets up, 
And like I said, his face is just like getting all bloody. And all of a sudden, right where his nose is, it just splits in half. His face splits in half. Yeah. Good effect, man. And all the dogs are just flipping out. And the creature's coming out. Now Now we're finally seeing like, I don't even know if you'd call them like tentacles. Or whatever those little things were coming out of them. That, I mean, that's about as good an explanation as any. But like everything was just coming out of this dog. Blood was squirting out and it was squirting... The other dogs, uh, then there was some green stuff, looked like pus was squirting the dogs. Yeah. And, and does, though, it makes you feel bad because you're sitting there watching these dogs. I'm like, you know, dang well them dogs were put through heck on that field. They're like, dang it. Yeah, like I said, this was 40 years ago, so you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't do that to dogs today. Yeah, but I mean, they were just squirting them is all they've done. Yeah. They're still but, considered torture. Yeah, because somebody would end up being offended by it. Probably anyway. my wife. Yeah, uh, boo your wife. Ooh. Anyway. I'm telling, I'm telling your wife that you was talking about my wife. Boo her too. All right. You know this is recorded, right? She don't listen to this podcast. All right, I'm going to tell her to pay special attention to this week's <laughs> episode of Small Town Horror. But it's funny because Clark comes back and he's like, what is going on? Like, he's flipping out. Well, he opens the door and two dogs bolted past him. Would jumped on him and knocked him down. Yeah. And then took off. Two dogs, man, they were gone. And he's like, what the? And he looks over and he sees those like little worm tentacle things mm-hmm. coming out. Well, he always shuts the door and he latches it. Well, he ends up taking off and they they go get Mac and the other guys. Well, Mac, uh, Mac's like, get me the flamethrower, get me the flamethrower. He gets up and I believe it was a child who went and got the flamethrower. Yeah. They meet him down there. He op- they open the dog pen and this freaking as you as it's called the thing is like all the way up to the ceiling. Uh, you can see that it's got like multiple dogs strangled, killed, and it's funny because Mac actually shoots one of the dogs because it's being tortured, mm-hmm. and Clark gets pissed off about it. Yeah, <coughs> I guess Clark seemed like he was kind of the keeper of the dogs. Yeah, almost. Well, yeah. Um. So I don't know if he just like. Was trying to save them, or what? Them dogs was gone. Yeah. There was no saving them dogs. Well, anyway, as they open it up, like, his freaking... This thing that's coming out of the dog has, like, these claws. Mm-hmm. It comes out, and it goes to the roof and grabs a hold of the roof, and I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I'm thinking it's fixing to go up. And they're all just sitting there watching, and finally Mac looks over at Childs. He's like, dude, torch it. And he torches it, and the scream it does, I, I thought it was always creepy. Yeah. But, anyway, good way to kick the, I guess, suspense off, you know. But, anyway, uh, so they when they, when, after they put it out, they bring it back to Blair. And, of course, Blair, I guess he's doing an autopsy again. Yeah. But he starts cutting this thing in, open, and he's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And when he opens it, it looked like another face was in it. Like, yeah, what it was was the thing was like enveloping the dogs and almost like just kind of eating the dogs. But it was turning itself into a dog. Yeah. Like it was replicating everything about whatever it was taking over. Right. Well, it's funny because, uh, as hey, that's what he says, he's like, it was transforming mm-hmm. into whatever it touched. Uh, it cuts to Blair giving a, uh, the dog a shot. The two dogs that took off running. I guess he's putting them to sleep. Not like killing them, but helping them rest or something. I guess so. 
And he looks at, it's funny because he looks at Clark and he's like, when did you put that dog in there? And he was like, just a while ago. And he was like, was that the first time you ever put the dog up? He's like, well, yeah. And he's like, have you ever been alone with the dog? And he's like, well, last night. He said, for how long? And he's like, for about an hour. He's like, what are you getting at? So Blair's already thinking. And he was staring hard at him, too. Boy, he was, wasn't he? Blair was already thinking. Uh, Well, pretty much in a nutshell, they end up watching the videos that they took from the Norwegians, and they're watching uh, them blowing up the ice. And they're like, see, you know, it's Mac. He's talking about it. He's like, uh... They found something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm trying to think what. Oh, he says we're gonna go to that uh, destination. And they're like, well, the wind, the weather's getting bad. He's like, I got this. So him and three other guys end up going out back toward the Norwegians where they was blown up, and they finally see a flying saucer or UFO or whatever you want to call it. When they get down and start inspecting it. Uh, I believe it's the doctor. I may be wrong, but he said something like it looks like it could be a hundred. What did he say? A hundred thousand years old. Or? He said um, basically what it was was it was enveloped in ice, so they had to obviously dig it out or whatever. But it was he said the ice was at least hundreds of thousands of years old. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a trip. Well, when they get back, it's all the guys. This scene was all the guys talking about. What they think happened. And Child doesn't believe in any of it. He's like, yeah, I don't believe in this voodoo mumble jumbo, you know. And the whole time, like, Blair is just sitting there. The doctor's sitting there. And Mac is trying to explain. He's like, look, this is what I think's happened. And it's funny because it's like a serious conversation. And all of a sudden, I know where Niles comes up. He goes, which one of you disrespectful grown men <laughs> will leave your nasty, dirty drawers in the kitchen? And then he chucks it in there. Just like the cook. Yeah. And that killed me, man. And because Kurt Russell or Mac, whatever, he just grabs him up like it ain't nothing. Yeah, and I mean, it, important to note though, it wasn't just dirty laundry. It was ripped all. It was somebody's long johns, and they were all kinds of ripped and torn. Yeah, and they were jacked up. Um. Well, Blair it cuts to Blair now. He's on the computer, and he's. I mean, you were talking about it. I didn't know if he was talking to somebody or doing research, but he was talking about if the if one person got infected and it could spread that quick, then imagine how much it could take if it hit civilization. Yeah, it was almost like he was doing because what it was was he had a uh, a cell like replication on the computer, and it showed like the infected cell. Yeah, and then it showed a dog cell. Yeah, and it showed how. When that's when the red cell, which was the infected cell, got close to the dog cell, it pretty much enveloped it and then assimilated yeah. into another dog cell, so it became a dog cell. And it would show how another dog cell would come by after it was already turned into a dog and just kind of envelop it too. So what he was doing, it was almost like a doctor's log, and he was saying, uh, so it was like if this happens, then this, and it was like what's the you know the probability that somebody else is infected is like 75% i think it said mm-hmm. and then it said uh if this reached a, a a dense populated area it would take i think it said 27,000 hours to infect mm-hmm. the entire world's yeah. population yeah which i mean sounds like a lot but you know there's 24 hours in a day exactly so you know multiply that by 365 that's how many you know right. in a year but 
Well, let's just do that multiplication real quick. Just to find out. Just a little FYI for you. Okay. Uh, 24 hours and 365 days. That's 8,760 hours. Uh, 27,000 divided by 8,700. That's about three years. Dang. So it would take a little over three years to infect the entire world's population. Goodness gracious. Yeah. That'd be messed up. That would. Just imagine. But now you know, and no spoilers, but now you know... It makes sense when Blair's <clears throat> looking that up. No, oh, yeah, he flips. He's like, no, yeah, y'all ain't getting out. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, Windows or Window and Bennings are in the storage, and uh, they end up telling Mac, "Hey, you need to come get your stuff out of there because they're moving the bodies into the storage." And, yep. and so they're moving the bodies into storage, and uh, what is the guy? I don't know how you say that guy's name, Mac, and. I think it's... Uh, man, I keep wanting to say Fouches, but that's no. not it. Oh, man. Just call him F-word. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Magnus Dude. <laughs> I can't think of how he says his name. It's F-U-C-H-S. That's how they spell it. Yeah. So, any of our English... Fudge. 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 No, Fudge. Fudge. Something like that. Fudges. Fudges. Maybe know. it's Futches. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, anyway, I'm not comfortable saying that. Me neither. That so name. he comes in and tells Mac we need to talk. And Window and Bennings are still in storage. And Window's like, hey, <clears> I'll be, uh, come on, let's go get the rest of the stuff. And Bennings like, I'll be there in a minute. Now, Bennings is the one that got shot earlier in the movie. Yep. Well, as Window walks out, Bennings is over there. I don't know what he's even messing with. He's messing with some boxes. Well, we start seeing blood drips from the body that they just brought in. Uh... <clears throat> Well, as Mac and that guy are in the helicopter talking. It ain't going to matter. He's fixing to die. Yeah, he's like, hey, uh, he's like, I want to talk to you about Blair. And it's funny because the whole time Mac's like, dude, I'm tired. Yeah. It's cold. I'm like, he's like, well, Blair's acting weird. He's locked himself in his uh, office. And he's like, but I got some of his papers. And he starts reading kind of <clears> what <throat> you were just explaining. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Window comes back into the storage and he's like, hey, Bennings. And he looks over and Bennings is like right next to the body, covered in blood. And those tentacles are wrapped all around him. And it's even like going in his throat, all this stuff. Nasty. Yeah. So Window takes off and goes, gets everybody. And they come back in and he's gone. And he's like, he was just right here. I'm telling you, he was just right here. Well, they run outside and they see Bennings and he's on his knees in the snow. And they walk over to him and they're like, what's wrong? And now everybody's out there. And they're like, what's wrong with him? And they're like, that's not Bennings. And dude, his hand is like, left hand looks like a big old claw. Both creeping. his hands are that way. Oh, both of them was? Yeah. To me, this was the creepiest part is when he just slowly looks over at Mac and he opens his mouth and he just starts letting that scream out. Yeah, it was a trip. And they, so they, they're like, torch him. And they just, <laughs> they just yeah. start burning him, they man. They freaked. Yeah. And they burn him. And later on, Gary, Gary is like, I've been friends with him for 10 years. And he's telling Mac, he's like, how, how, how could you just do that? And he's like, that was not Bennings. He's like, we stopped it before it took over, you know. Right. Um, well, then now that guy, Fudges, Fudge, I don't know, he goes and tells Mac. Something like it. Yeah, hey, we, we can't find Blair. And I'll let you explain this part right here about Blair destroying everything. So Blair's freaking out because after he's done all his research and he, you know, he's putting his doctor logs in, he's got it in his mind that he can't let none of them out 
to get into the pop like into the general population because if he does then they'll start affecting the rest of the world so he's flipped his rocker he's barricaded himself into like this little um almost like a communications room something i don't know they got a bunch of computers and everything there so it was he was taking an axe and he had window in there with him and he was bloodied up so he'd been beat up so he was taking an axe and he was destroying all the computers and he was yelling at him. He had a gun. He was shooting at the doorway where the guys were standing. Mm-hmm. And he was just basically just trying to keep them away from him while he was destroying everything. <clears throat> well, he eventually runs out of bullets. Charles goes around to another door to kind of distract him. He runs out of bullets. He just tosses, the, throws the gun at the guy. And uh, after he does that, Max got a table. And they go in there and they just kind of use it as a shield. <clears throat> well, he takes this axe and just waylays into it while they pin him up against the wall. And then they got him hit, and then Mac just comes over and pops him right right in the head twice. Just pop, pop. Yeah, he does. Beats the crap out of him. And then I think it was Windows that was, uh, he was laying on the ground, and he like, kind of leaned up against the wall, and he looked like he was going to get up, and then his eyes, he closed his eyes, and he just, like, he just passed out. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, that part killed me. Yeah, but he was, he just wanted to destroy everything. Just he, his whole thing was he was going nuts. He lost his mind. He was trying to keep everybody from spreading whatever this was. <clears throat> yeah, I, I did like that when the <laughs> window over there. He said, "Oh, eyes oh, got big." <laughs> but I, but yeah, it's funny because when he's screaming, like you said, when Blair's like destroying everything, he's like, "Nobody's getting in. Nobody's getting out." Mm-hmm. He's like just losing it, man. All right, so. uh Let's see. Oh, here we go. And then now they take Blair out to a shack. And they, you know, they're sticking him outside. And it's it's funny because Kurt Russell's character, Max, when he's not flipping out, he's he's really calm. And he's mm-hmm. like, look, man, he's like, you know, you're, you're, you're okay out here. You know, just cool off. He gets Blair out there and he's like, he's like, how long do I got to stay out here? He was like. We'll let you know. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Well, Blair tells Mac, he's like, hey, watch Clark. And he's like, what? He's like, watch Clark. That's all he tells him. Mm-hmm. Well, when he goes back in, they start, or when he leaves uh, Blair in the shack, they're all standing outside, and they start talking about, is there any way we can start testing this stuff? And he's like, we could do uh, a blood test. I don't, I don't know exactly what he was talking about doing with the bags of blood. What I think they were wanting to do is get some infected blood and then test it against the blood that they had already drawn uh-huh. to see how it would react to the other blood. So it was I guess it was just to see like they could like use basically use like a uh, untainted specimen and then draw everybody's blood now and then test it against that to see see the reaction between their blood now and then the blood that they drew when they first got there. I ain't gonna lie to you, when they were talking Fuchs is how they say his name. Fuchs? Fuchs. That's weird. Yep. So that's how you say his name. That's Fuchs. not how they spell it. No, that ain't how you spell it. Fuchs. Anyway. <clears throat> so, as we're talking about doing the blood, Gary gave me suspicion. The older man. Yeah. Because I was like, he don't want to do it. You know, you can tell he was oh, like, yeah. nah. Yeah, he didn't want no part of it. Nah, he didn't want to do it at all. Uh, well, as... 
they get back into the thing they're going to go check the bags of blood now it's been contaminated mm-hmm. the lock they did they didn't even say the, the lock wasn't broken it was somebody had opened it put it back on there and sh- and locked it back yep all the bags are destroyed <clears throat> they're empty and now they're starting to argue they're like who's got the keys and gary's like i always keep the keys and the doctor's like i do too but i get them from gary mm-hmm. and he was like you sure nobody ever took them off of you and he's like no He's like, as soon as I get done with the cabinet, he says, I give him back to Gary. So that already gave you suspension on Gary. Yeah. Well, out of nowhere, uh, Window just takes off running. Goes down. Window freaked out. Yeah. He's like, I don't know who to trust, so I'm booking it. He runs down the hallway, breaks in, breaks some glass, and gets a shotgun. And before he gets it loaded, uh, Gary pulls a gun on him. And, you know, there comes Mac. He's, he's like, hey, hey, calm down. He's like, we're going to figure this out. He ends up talking uh, window to setting the shotgun down. And then Gary turns the gun on them. And Gary's like, uh, pretty much telling him in a nutshell, look, I've uh, I've got the keys. But I can swear on everything. I did not go in there and mess with that stuff. And he takes the key off and he sets it on the barrel. And he's like, maybe somebody else should be in charge. Well... Uh, Childs goes towards it and freaking, I don't know where Clark pulls a knife and he's like, no, 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 no. He don't want Childs in charge of nothing. I don't know what he's got against Childs. I I don't either. I I must have missed it. I mean, I could kind of tell that Childs was like a hothead. Yeah. But, I don't know. Well, then Mac takes the keys and he's like, well, then I guess I'll be in charge of it. So, uh, now they got Doc, Gary, and Clark getting tested with would you say morphine yeah they were doping them up for some reason to see who see who was human and, and uh they don't really show what happened but it shows uh what how do i say that guy's name fix fetch i can't remember how they said it. anyway he ends up telling mac he's like hey he's like he's in a, lo- a room alone he's like hey i think we should uh take precaution and eat our own food he goes everybody cook their own stuff he goes actually we should only eat out of a can and max like okay you know that'll work he turns around and walks out well all of a sudden the lights dim in his little area so he lights a candle and as he's walking out somebody just walks past him real quick the old classic jump scare mm-hmm. and he's like hello who's that and he, he takes off after him outside which is a big uh-uh. yeah um well Ma- uh they end up, they can't find him, and Mac and Blair, or Matt goes out, and he goes talk to Blair, and this is where I got suspicious, because Blair's all calm, and he's in there eating from a can, he's got his coat on, and like you said, there's a noose right beside him, and nobody says a word about it. Nobody acknowledges it at all. And Mac's talking to Blair, and Blair just looks at him as calm as he can, and he's just like, I want to come back inside now, I'm not going to hurt nobody, I've really calmed down. Yeah. I don't, like, almost too calm. Yeah, he's like, I don't like it out here. And then he, Mac tells me, he's like, hey, have you seen Fex or whatever, however you say his name? And he's like, that's not him. You know, he's just like. Yeah. And But it was just the way he played. And then he's like, when can I come back inside? And Mac's like, I'll get back with you. We'll see. And he just shuts the door and locks it. Or he shuts the little window and gets out of there. Well, Mac, Window, and Nalls, they end up finding Fex or whatever his name is, burned body. Dead dude. He did now, so we ain't got to say his name. Yeah. And so he lit himself on fire. Is that what they said? 
that's what they said. I guess that's what they believe because they found his body and they found a, I don't know if it was a candle or if it was one of the flares or something. Yeah. But he was burned. So their whole theory was he burned himself before the thing could get to him. I mean, sure. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I think I'd just take a shot to the head. I mean, I'm burning myself I alive. No, I ain't burning myself. <laughs> I, I'm spending my whole life trying to stay out of hell. I ain't burning myself right here. Well, after they realize the body, uh, Mac ends up uh, telling Nas, he's like, hey, he's like, I want you to come to me to my shack. He's like, why? He goes, because yesterday when I left, the lights were off. And they look up and the lights are on. Mm-hmm. So they go off and you can tell that the storm is coming in, which they said earlier. It's something about the storm. Well, they're all looking out the window. And you can tell time's passed and all of a sudden they're like, hey, here comes somebody. It's Lance. I believe he's the one that's like, hey, here comes somebody. And it's Nas and he's by himself. And dude, you can tell he's like frozen. He's cold. Oh, yeah. He gets in there like, where's Mac? He's like, it got to him. He's like, I cut the cord. He was like, because they were connected. He was like, I just left him. He's like, why? And he shows, it's like a shirt that's got his name on it. That's all torn up. Yeah, and they think, okay, so when you become the thing, you tear your clothes off and all that stuff, you know. Well, uh, they lock the door off, so they end up hearing, uh, they see the doorknob turning. And they're like, that's him, that's him. And they're like, there's no way a, a human could have made it, you know, by itself. Well, in the little storage <laughs> closet, they hear the window come bust in. And he's like, oh, crap. He goes, uh, Childs has the actual flamethrower on him. He's like, Max got the key to it. Well, they start chopping the door down. When he comes down, he's got a road flare in one hand and dynamite in the other. And he's like, any of y'all come close to me, we're all going to die. We're all gone. Yeah. Which was slick. I'll give him that. It was slick. Yeah, because you ain't finna hit a guy with a flamethrower while holding dynamite. And I love this scene because, one, you tell he's frozen. He's, I mean, he's cold, mm-hmm. but the, I, I think the acting was really good in the scene where he, he was just, like, everybody played panicked really good in this movie. Yeah. But Max had her holding the dynamite, and out of nowhere, Vance, he ends up passing out. And they're like, oh, God, you know, let's get him to the table. Well, they take him in there, and this is my favorite uh, gore scene right here, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Remember when I said the other one was my second favorite yeah. shot? This was my first. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Well, it cuts to... Them putting him on the table, and Mac is there now. He's holding the flamethrower because he tells everybody he's throwing out. Yeah, and he told everybody he's like set everything down now, and uh, he's holding the flamethrower with the dynamite while they put Vance on the uh, what would you call it? Just a table. The table, yeah. Doctor uh, Cooper's over there, and man, he's he's trying to get him. He's clear, you know. He's trying to get him. Well, you hear the heartbeat stop. And he's doing CPR. Well, finally, he grabs those uh, paddles. paddles. Defibrillators. Yeah, and he goes clear. And right when he goes toward the chest, the chest falls in. Oh, it opens. It doesn't fall in. It just opens. Oh, did it open? Like a big mouth. Okay, well, it opened up. And, like, the ribs look like teeth. And it captures uh, the doc's arms in it and bites his arms off. Bit his hands off. It looked absolutely disgusting. Yeah, man. It was a trip. He falls off. And this, to me... For it being 1982, the effects were amazing. The tentacles, things, the little mm-hmm. worms are coming out of his stomach. And uh, they're like, oh, my God. And they look up, and it's got his, it's almost like his face. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is the famous scene, if anybody's ever seen clips of the thing. 
It's this big creature coming out of this dude's belly. Well, Vance's head, his neck is stretching. And it really looked like his neck was like coming apart from his uh, shoulders. It was it was messed up. It falls on the floor, and all of a sudden tentacles start coming out of its mouth, and then it comes out the side of its head. And this, it looks almost like a little crab, don't it, when mm-hmm. it gets up? Sounds like a giant spider. They start torturing a uh, torture. They start torching uh, Vance's body while the creature is still coming out of it. And uh, after they finally put it out, they're looking. And it's funny because it's right behind uh, Mac. You can see the creature crawling out the front door and you're or the the door. And you're like, look at him. Just go ahead and walk right by. Let the spider hit. Walk away. Well, it kills me because they all turn around and just look at it. And Mac's like, you got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> they torch it. Get rid of it, you know. Yep. Uh, now, this scene I thought was uh, pretty intense where uh, they're all standing around and he's like, Max, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this blood test. And he says, but he wants everybody tied up. And Child's like, you're not doing this to me. And he goes, I will kill you. Max, like, I'm, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, do what you got to do. And he, dude, he pulls the gun right to his forehead. And he cocks it back, and he's like, I'm not joking. And Childs is like, I guess you're not. you know. Or he's like, I'm serious. And he goes, I guess you are, or something like that. Well, I don't know where you see Clark. He's pulling his little pocket knife out. And right when Clark goes over, he goes over to uh, get Mac. Mac turns around and pow, pops him right between the eyes. Just shoots him in the head. Quick. Yeah, he does. Well... I'm going to let you explain this, this saying about the blood test thing because I don't really get the whole... So what? That was the order they... Yeah, so what he was doing is obviously fire affects this thing and heat in general affects this thing. So what he was doing was he was drawing everybody's blood. By drawing, he was actually getting them to cut themselves or he had window cutting themselves or everybody and getting their blood in a little Petri dish. And he had this copper wire that he was heating up. <clears throat> he had sharpened the end of it and he was heating up the copper wire and his plan was to stick it in the blood, and the way that fire affects the creature, if the blood was infected, then it would it would react. Yeah. So the first person he tested was Wendy because he wasn't tied up, so he was good. So he had him put the flamethrower pack on. Yeah. To watch everybody else. Then he tested his own. It was good. What it what it does is he he heats up the end of the copper wire and sticks it in the blood, and that you can just hear it sizzle and you know. All that kind of stuff, like you would think something hot would do in liquid. Right. So he did that, and then he got to, uh, who was it? He checked uh, Dr. Coper and then Clark. They were the they were dead. Yeah. So he checked their blood, and then they were fine. So and everybody was commenting, you know, so Clark wasn't infected. Childs, yeah, Childs is like, so you, that makes you a murderer. Yeah, so that makes you a murderer. So the whole time, you know, they made... The, most of the movie, they made it seem like Clark was infected from the beginning because mm-hmm. he was always with the dog. Yeah. But he ends up, he wasn't. So he's checking, he checks them. Then he goes to check uh, Palmer. Mm-hmm. So he's got, and, and Palmer's just kind of sitting there being all quiet. Well, he goes to check Palmer, and you could kind of tell something was going to happen because he was holding the dish, and you could see that his hand didn't look like a normal hand. I don't mm. know if you noticed that or not. You, uh-huh. could, you could tell that something was fixing to happen with his hand. Oh no! Yeah, it it wasn't like his hand. I mean, you could you could tell, but he goes to stick the hot copper piece in his blood, and as soon as it touches, it just kind of transforms into this thing, and then they throw it out. The petri dish hits the ground. The blood starts moving mm-hmm. like it's trying to find somewhere to go. To me, it looked like venom. Yeah, 
Yeah, it started moving around. Well, then you get a shot of Palmer tied up to his chair, and he's starting to bug out. <laughs> he's shaking, boy. <laughs> he's shaking hard. <laughs> and so you got, who's it, Gary and Charles. Mm-hmm. They're freaking out. They're trying to get loose. Yeah, because they're tied next to him. Yeah. So he's going crazy, but his body starts transforming and doing all the, he starts growing. His hands start going in these big claws. He jumps at the ceiling. He finally gets loose. Uh, Mac is trying to get his flamethrower going, but he can't. Mm-hmm. So, Windows goes over there, and he's trying to. Well, this thing's head opens up. Palmer's head just opens up. It's like a Venus flytrap. Ah, yes. And yes. then just grabs a hold of Windows' head, and then starts just going to town on it. And he's slinging them around and all this kind of crap. Well, Mac finally gets his uh, his flamethrower going. He Then, uh, the fake Palmer throws windows up against the wall and then he gets torched yep so now he's just walking around on fire goes over to the wall and just tears the wall down mm-hmm. basically and then goes outside to die well mac is right behind him with a stick of dynamite lights the dynamite and throws at the body blows it up yep so he goes back inside windows is like jacked up on the ground but you can tell he's starting to transform so he lights him on fire too yeah Good scene. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was really good. It, like for this being forty years ago, I I, I can't hate on the effects. No. Because I mean they were all really good. So uh, now the next time he's going to check is after it's all calmed down. It's back to him checking Nalls. Mm-hmm. And even Nalls, man, he's sweating. He looks scared. He checks it. Doesn't happen. Well, next it's funny because it cuts to now Nalls is not tied up. He's right beside mm-hmm. him. And he's holding the flamethrower. He he's got Childs and he's like, he's like this is the one we've been waiting on. He checks it. Childs is good. Well, then finally, and I thought Gary was gonna be it because Gary was white. He yeah, was he sweating. Was. He was he was nervous the whole time. Yeah. And they played it like where he just slowly went toward it, like he stalled. Mm-hmm. And Mac touches the copper uh, to the blood, and nothing happens. And there, and you can see the sign of relief. And it's funny because Gary's like, no. Gentlemen, he was like, "If I know you're busy, but if you can find the time, could you please untie me from this chair?" He goes, "Or, or this couch?" He goes, "Because I don't want to be sitting here all half a night." Yeah. He gets mad, dude. <laughs> but I thought that was—I I did. I thought the thing I like about the movie is it's got—it goes from intense to calm, intense yeah. to me. I mean, that's why. Well, so they're like, okay, now we got one person left. And it's Blair. So they go out to the shack, and Blair's gone. Doors wide open. He booked. And they're looking for Blair, and they're like, you got to be kidding me. You know, and they're looking for him. And all of a sudden, they see, Max sees that there's a there's some loose boards in the uh, ground. So he takes them up, and they go down this little little tunnel that I guess he made. And we finally realized that Matt, uh, Blair, this entire time, was the thing. Yeah, because he had tunneled underneath the shack and made a little hole, and he's building a spaceship. Yep. And that's why he took apart the, uh, what they say he took apart the helicopter, parts of the cat. Yeah. Like the bulldozer. Uh, well, they finally find, they finally find the spaceship that he's been building and they're like, but what's he going to do with it? He can't get out of here. And they're like, no, no, no. He's going to rest. And they're like, he's going to stay. And he, cause he's dropped the temperature. He's like, they're going to wait. Uh, Blair's going to sit here and wait till it freezes over. And then when somebody digs him up. So eventually that's going to happen all over again. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's what made me wonder when he was reading the computer thing and it was talking about like how fast it would infect. 
I wonder if that, if he was already infected. And that was, you know, I don't know. But then again, he started destroying everything. And I don't know. Part of me wants, wonders if he wasn't. And then when they put him in the shack, he was himself. Mm-hmm. And was going to kill himself so he didn't wasn't a part of it. Yeah. Tied the noose. Then got infected. And then that's when he was calm again. Right. But I don't know. It, it, I don't know. So, now they figured out that what his plan is. Max's like, no, he's not getting away with it. So, he goes and gets a grenade. They get back up in the shack. And they throw it down uh, that little tunnel that he dug. And it landed right underneath the spaceship. Blows up the spaceship. Kablooey. And, uh... All of a sudden, uh, Niles is like, hey, look. And you see Childs running. He's outside running. And, but it don't ever explain where he went. Mm-hmm. So that's the last you see him. And then they're like, uh, we got to get rid of the station. Like, he's turned the temperature down all this stuff. Yeah, they're like, we're not going to survive. So we can't let him survive. Exactly. So they go. And then the next, I would say at least, what, 10, 15 minutes is just them blowing up the station. Then they start talking about the generator. They go down to the the, uh, the boiler room, generator room, whatever you want to call it. And he's like, Gary goes over there and he goes, Mac, the generator is gone. And Mac's like, can it be fixed? He goes, no, it's gone. Like, the generator <laughs> is gone. It's not even here. And he's like, well, we got, we got to finish uh, taking this place down. So they're setting dynamite up. And Gary, I like this scene. Gary is setting up dynamite. And I don't know what he saw, but he... He goes around this corner and he looks, and I don't know where Blair comes up from behind him, and Blair all he does is put his hands on this dude's face, on Gary's face, and you can see his uh, fingertips and his thumb going into his face like his skin. Yeah. Once again, I thought it was a good effect. I honestly, at first, I thought he put his hands in his mouth. Oh. Because it looked like it was like inside his mouth and his jaw and stuff. Yeah. That's what uh, I don't know. It, it would make sense that he just put his hands and kind of melded together. Right. So, yeah. Well then. Uh, and the way Mac played it, or not Mac, the way Blair played it, how he just kind of looks back around the corner and mm-hmm. looks back at him, I thought was really good. Well, then, as that's happening, Niles is coming up. And it's really cool because all of a sudden you see Gary's body and his face is stretched out all the way to Blair's... Uh, it's like they were like became one. Yeah. yeah. And Blair just starts dragging uh, Gary's body away. But it never shows what happened to Niles. Niles goes and he just disappears. Yep. Well... Max over there trying to light this dynamite. He's even got the uh, detonator. And he kind of looks over and, and he's like, he realizes Niles ain't there. Gary's not there. And I know where it looks like Tremors is coming mm-hmm. toward because he, he can hear it. And he's like, he's like, what is that? And all of a sudden, the thing is underneath the ground and it's just running toward him. And finally, uh, it throws him against these barrels. It busts up out from the floor. And I love it because like you can see he's got a little bit of human side. Uh, it looks like, I guess that's Gary's face, half of it. Half of it looked like Gary's face. Half of it looked like Blair. He had a dog come out of his chest. Yes. Like, everything that he had touched is tur- coming out. Real freaking big. And it's funny. And this is one of the famous lines. Uh, it's just screaming at uh, Mac. And Mac finally gets a little time out and he goes, Yeah, F you too. And he just chunks <laughs> it at him and takes off running and it blows him up. Yep. And it blows up the whole entire station, and we see that Max finally got out, and you you know you can tell he's he's wore out, he's beat up, he's cold. Well, he goes over to this little 
like a little shack. I mean, they ain't even got walls to it. He just goes over there and he kind of leans down and lays down on it. Well, out of nowhere, child shows up. With a flamethrower. Yes. He's frozen and he's like, Max turns around real quick. He's like, where you been? He goes, I thought I saw Blair. He said, but then I got lost in the storm. And then pretty much they are talking about, uh, he said, did you kill it? And he goes, I don't think it's going to survive. He goes, what about us? He goes, we, we're not going to survive either. Now, what was the rest of it that he said? Because that's the part that it was. All, only thing they said was, so I guess we'll just sit here and wait. Yeah, wait to. That was it. I mean, well, no, just, just wait. Yeah. And then they cut it off. Yeah. They ended it. Because there was the no dumbest way, endings in any movie I've ever watched. Well, there's no way that they were going to make it anyway because. They were after, what, until spring is what he said? I guess so. And they said winter just started. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was a dumb ending. Well, I mean, what'd you want? Something else. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so the two guys that actually got into it the most in the movie ended up surviving. Surviving. I wish they would have said what happened to Nalls, but I'm guessing he became a part of it. I say you, he did. Yeah, he is. But. That is it. That's uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, man. 40 years ago. I dig it. I dig the film. But it is time for the pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. You going to leave me hanging? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave you hanging. What's wrong with you? So, I'll let you uh, go first. You want to let me go first? Yeah. The movie was crap. The ending was terrible. No, I'm I, 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 100% honest. The ending did shave off a couple points for me because it, it just ended too abruptly the last line of the movie so i guess we'll just sit here and then bam john <laughs> carpenter yeah thing. yeah no ending shaved off some, um i keep in my mind the forefront of my mind that this movie is 40 years old mm-hmm. came out four years before i was born mm-hmm. um but it had that carpenter music oh yeah it had some great music behind it, and it was just like intense music. Like John Carpenter does a really good job of directing with music that give off emotion, yeah, and make you feel a certain way in a movie, right? Um, the special effects with some of the kill scenes I thought were great. Um, obviously, the number one being with Doctor Copper or Cooper. How you say his name? Coper. Coper. Dr. Coper got his hands bit off by the guy's stomach ribs. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> stomach ribs. Uh, that was, I mean, and then that whole transformation with the head slide, I mean, that was intense. Yeah. And then just, like, one of my favorite shots of the movie was the with the body just sitting there with the frozen blood and everything. I, thought, mm-hmm. I just thought it looked really good. And then some of the shots just throughout the whole movie, um, man, it's, man, he knows how to work a camera. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it did, it was a slow burn for me. Okay. Because it was like an hour, what, hour 48? 49. Hour 49 minutes long, and it felt like it was like a two hour, 15 minute movie. It was just, some scenes were just drawn out. It was just a slow paced movie. You had to wait for it to develop. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a page out of your book. The only backstory you really got was at the very beginning when the spaceship was flying. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't really know why they were there. You know, it's a research lab. You don't know what they were like looking for or anything like that. Um, I thought the acting was good. Yeah. To be 40 years old, I thought the acting was really good. <laughs> and it might just be because it's a lot of actors that I've known 
you know, for a long time. Right. But no, I thought the acting was really good. I dug the mu- the music. I dug a lot of the special effects. Um, I- I- I'm going to say, other than it being a slow burn and then the terrible ending, I actually enjoyed the movie. Okay. It wasn't it not one of my favorite movies, you know, or right, anything right. like that. Um, I- I'll give it a... Um, I'll give it a thumbs in the middle. Okay. I, I I think it's one of those things you should watch at least one time. Okay. Um, and I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a... Mm. Mm. I heard that. I knew it. Go I'm going to give it a... Go ahead. Man, I'm like borderline. I'm like right there with C plus B. Like, you know, the ending is probably what's going to give it a C plus. I mean... Just because of the ending. Okay. I hated the ending. Alright, well. Alright, I dug the music, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think John Carpenter's a great director. And you say it's a slow burn. Well, I don't feel like it is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you like, we, we've always talked about it. You, you got pre- go you, you an appreciation for the older movies more than I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you even said Texas Chainsaw Massacre was... No, shut up. <laughs> you said Texas Chainsaw Massacre was slow, where I don't feel like it was. But, you know, uh, the acting was great. Mm-hmm. Loved it. The effects are awesome. Uh, I feel like if you if you showed somebody this now and you didn't tell them it was made in 82, I think they would think that uh, it was a newer movie. But the thing I like about older films like this is because there's no CGI crap. They mm-hmm. had to actually work and make their own stuff. Yeah. If you showed somebody this movie today, they would probably and say that it was a movie that was made recently. Mm-hmm. They would they would probably say it was a B-rated horror movie. And see, they did remake this a few years ago, and it sucked. I'm just gonna let you know. Yeah. You talk about a slow burn. The new one was a slow burn. Terrible. Yeah. But anyway, um, but the acting I loved. The music was great. Um, the effects were awesome, and. I say I give it a thumbs up. Okay. I even say add it to your collection. Mm. Especially, no, no, no. Come on now. <laughs> add it to your collection. Uh, it, now, don't get me wrong. It's not one of those that I can just watch over and over and over. But, right. like, I could probably watch it every year, every couple, you know, a couple times a year. I, I like it. I dig it. Yep. And so, thumbs up. Uh, add it to your collection. And I'm going to give it a B plus. Just because there is a few slower parts in there, mm-hmm. not not many, but and you hate the ending. It's so stupid. Okay, you think it's stupid, but it's realistic because you could at least show them dying. Well, you want them like oh, so you want the shining ending where they're just sitting, just there, sitting frozen. there frozen. Yeah, at least something, some closure or something. They told you what was going to happen if they didn't show it. It doesn't have to see. How, how do you know? See, you could have been. There you go. Could have been helicopters nah, coming to save There you go. No. Honestly, you know what? You know what would have made this a better ending for me? Had the thing come back and took both of them right there at the end. Why? Because it would it would have made sense. Oh, no, no, hold on. Because the thing probably wasn't dead. Okay, but how many endings have mean you watched, or that you've watched by yourself and been like, "Well, I knew he was going to pop up at the end." I knew that was going to happen. Like Jason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so see, they well, just... that's different, though. Jason's Jason. I mean, that's just, you know. Boy, you're going to try to sweet talk your way out of everything, ain't you, man? <laughs> no. It, to, me, <laughs> to me, the ending was left open. Like, there wasn't an ending. It just yeah. stopped out of yeah. nowhere. If it would have showed them two dying, 
or if it would have showed the thing taking over their bodies mm-hmm. and then then freezing. So it was like, oh, he you know got what he wanted. He's frozen now, you know. Yeah. But it never showed any of that. So I mean, it just to me it was. To me, it just ended too abruptly. Okay. It was just like cut off. It, it's almost like one of them started laughing, so they like, go cut it, cut it, cut it, and it was just like bam, it's in it. I'm gonna do this to you. This is how our podcast is going to end, right? When you said it just ended abruptly. I mean, and I'm just gonna cut it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna cut it. So we, so yeah. <laughs> it's like so on next week. So anyway, that is our review of John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, I mean, me and you disagreed on. Yeah, yeah. So I'm ready for the one where you absolutely love the film and I hate it, or vice versa. You know. But that being said, uh, July. July. I think we're gonna go ahead and do. We don't have the next episode. We do have one episode planned for July, but that our uh, one you're gonna get in a couple weeks. I think we're gonna do a request because I've got a few on Instagram. I've got a few on Instagram that I think we need to look up and go ahead and do that. Let's do it. And we've got another uh, celebration here. We are going to do Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Lord. Yes. Hey, it's horror comedy. You always talk about doing comedy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And this movie came out in 1992. On July 31st, it was released. 30 years ago. Yeah. Holy crap. So that's going to be one of the episodes you get. In July, but like I said, we're going to do, uh, our next episode is going to be a request. And it's going to be, yeah, that's going to come out on the 22nd. So it'll be really close to the anniversary. There we go. Yeah. That worked. So do they get two or three in July? Two. Okay, good deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because this one's coming out the 24th, uh, the 8th, 22nd, and then the next one will be. There we go. Yeah. We won't have three again until September. All right. Well. Before we sign off, is there anything else you want to... Um, <laughs> no, other than the stupid microphone being 10 foot away and working perfectly now out of hey, nowhere. Hey, hey, man. Put a little duct tape on it, you know. <laughs> Pour some Robitussin on top of it. So, Robitussin. <laughs> Spray some Windex on it. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, yeah. But all right. Well, anyway, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, and like I said, next uh, episode is going to be a request. And then Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, yeah, remember to check us out anywhere you can get your podcast. Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Break, anywhere. Anywhere you get your podcast. Get us on all our social medias. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Johnny's got the handles. On Twitter, we're at Small T Horror Pod. On Instagram, we are Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. On Facebook, Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And, of course, our... Extremely long email. Oh, don't even give it out. When's the last time you got an email? Other from your brother. Uh, I got one May 16th. From who? I don't know. Your brother. No. Our email if you want any requests or anything like that, which people hit us up normally on Instagram. But our email is smalltownhorrorjrpod at gmail.com. It ain't that long. That's what she said. Anyway, <laughs> that being said, <laughs> that being said uh, just remember to always stay scared. Stay